Hi, besties. Ugh. Ever since we last talked, I ripped out my IUD, got a new one, gave a TED talk, and made it to season two of Euphoria. So we have a lot to unpack today. Hi. I'm so glad we're back. I'm so glad we're doing this. Welcome back to another episode of Miss Congeniality. My name is Eli. If this is your first time listening, I don't know why you wouldn't know my name, but some people still don't know how to pronounce it and that's their tea like no shame like if you want to call me ellie call me ellie will i answer to it i'm not so sure anyways it's been a minute right it's been a minute and the reason it's been a minute is because i had to randomly go to michigan in the middle of the week last week so i was meant to fly on friday afternoon rather thursday afternoon land at two go straight to my rehearsal for the ted conference do that do ted talk friday come back saturday on Wednesday night at 10 p.m., I get an email like your flight is probably going to be canceled. And I'm like, all right, I should probably tell them that because I don't really want to deal with this. So I contact them. It's now like 1130. They're like, book yourself onto whatever flight you can get on now. So I booked myself onto an 8 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Wait, I'm getting all my days mixed up. This was Tuesday night. So I end up flying out there a day early, a full ass 24 hours early. Had to stay with my brother's girlfriend. Bless her heart and soul. I sent her that goop candle as a gift that said, this is what my orgasm smells like. It's like an $80 candle, but you know what? She deserved it because she came and picked me up at the airport. She let me take her car to pick up my boyfriend. She let me stay with her. She brought me to Target. She didn't even go to class to be like my emotional support animal for the weekend. Honest queen. We love her. A lot of you guys think she looks like Blake Lively. I think that she's just an icon. My brother uh, started dating her probably in December, January, but he's known her forever because I did community theater with her. She grew up in the same area as us and she just randomly goes to Michigan and they like matched on Hinge, but already knew each other. And I actually think that this is one of the reasons that Hinge is so great and dating apps can be so great in colleges or small towns. You will match with people that you technically speaking know, like you personally know them but you never would have thought to like make a move or you don't know how it would make sense to make a move on them. So instead you just like, like it's just a really good way I think to like connect to people. Like you can really match with people that you would never like think to like go up to and be like, let's hook up. But maybe you want to hook up or you want to go on a date with them, but it'd be awkward because you know them use dating apps for that. Anyway, so we get there. Uh, it was, pretty much a whirlwind so I stayed at Jess's that first night we went to dinner I did a lot of rehearsing and then on Thursday morning we went to Soul Cycle. the Soul Cycle in Ann Arbor just isn't that great I don't really know I think it's just that I feel very old in comparison to college kids and I also I think that the Greek community at Michigan doesn't like me and I might just be like tooting my own horn by saying they don't like me they probably don't give a shit about me but like all those classes seem to be like Greek life girls who might hate me so anyways I don't know if that's true though I'm just making that up it just felt the energy felt off and then I really didn't like the music I'm just particular about like paying for a class and not loving it do you know what I mean like I love New York Soul Cycle, and I know what instructors play the music that I like but when I go into a class and an instructor plays like EDM or like a lot of rock and roll or something and that's fine like I know so many people like that and I'm not trying to yuck someone else's yum I just don't vibe so I always have to like know the instructors you know what I mean before I pay that much money for a class but we did go uh and I also went on a little jog and there's a new place open that has like breakfast burritos that were really good and so we went there and we went to dinner that night we went out for a drink and then Thursday I had my rehearsal I picked up Scorpio boy but it was like this whole chaos because he decided to keep the flight that they said was probably going to be canceled it gets canceled on Wednesday night so they get he gets rebooked onto an 11 a.m. But because of the, all the cancellation and all the confusion and the bad weather, a lot of flights got pushed or canceled. And so the line when he got to LaGuardia was two hours long and the plane boarded in like 80 minutes. And so he was waiting on this line telling me basically he couldn't come. I was breaking down on campus just crying because like also my best friend Allie was supposed to come in on Thursday night and they texted me like there's no way we're coming in because of the snowstorm. We're going to try to come in tomorrow morning and they ended up waking up at 5 a.m. and getting there. But I was just like having a bit of a spiral where I was like I really needed that moral support and like I wish they were here and like it's going to be fine. But I wish they were here. And then basically Scorpio boy like hung up the phone on me and like 
I guess he like asked like is there any way I can get through the security line to a random lady he saw and she was like buy a fast pass and he was like what there's a fast pass where was that advertised so he bought it for $15 sprinted to the gate and like had two minutes to spare got on the plane got to Michigan I picked him up at the airport and then Thursday night we all went out to dinner at a restaurant that fired me when I was in college which is like not even an interesting story but it was funny because the manager did come up to me and was like oh my god it was really random and so we went there and then we went out and had some drinks and then I just wanted to get to bed early because honestly it was going to be such a big day Friday and then Allie got in Friday I did a little workout and basically we just like got Zingerman's which is like the sandwich place out there I practiced a bit and I was sort of freaking out all day honestly like most nerve-wracking thing I don't really like public speaking I don't know if you guys particularly enjoy public speaking or what have you but it's never been for me I don't know why because I'm really good at speaking like on a podcast or behind the screen I like public speaking I think I'm good at it I'm scared of it I think that's really what it is and so I was freaking out about the memorization thing and I remember that like when I would do high school theater I would always get super in my head so I would be like overthinking something like I would be overthinking the line that came next instead of just like letting it organically come out of me and like being confident that I know it that it's in my body which this so was and I was so anxious that I was going like second to last like I couldn't eat I had a glass of wine but I was like freaking out backstage and then when I got up there and just started talking like it felt natural and I fell into such a good rhythm and the audience was so good and I was really using the audience and I yeah I don't know I can't believe that I was able to like do that so comfortably but it's funny like you do one public speaking thing and then everyone's like give us like how do you memorize things and I'm like I like I just don't know like it was going back to my theatrical roots in addition to like hunkering down and forcing myself to memorize it and then the absolute fear of not knowing if it was going to land or if people were going to like it and I'm just so glad everybody liked it I was so grateful and then afterward I was just wiped like we went to pizza house and it was really fun to like show Avery like everywhere that Allie and I like enjoyed so much in college and it was also just the first time I've been back to Michigan that I felt really comfortable and I think I was explaining this to someone recently but when we got sent home obviously that was a chapter unclosed and I felt very depressed and uncomfortable and I went back a few times and I felt like an outsider like I no longer belong here but I felt like an outsider that didn't belong anywhere but now I feel like I I so strongly know who I am and what my communities are and what my path is and what I'm going to end up dedicating my life to that I feel like I belong somewhere else now and the chapter closed on its own and I think like I was explaining this to someone like generally speaking when regular people that didn't graduate in 2020 graduate from college they get their graduation weekend and that's kind of the closure to say you don't belong here anymore you're an alumni now go belong somewhere else but I think the problem was nobody told me go belong somewhere else so I was just stuck in limbo sort of and I think this is a very common theme in 2020 graduates and it was super uncomfortable and it literally took me two years to like reflect and today be able to be like thank god like I'm on the other side and I just felt so lucky and grateful and like thank you to the TEDx people they were also wonderful everything was just it was such a great weekend and we luckily got home successfully and it was Kelly's birthday over the weekend that's one of my roommates and best friends so we celebrated her birthday I got to meet TikTok bestie and superstar Catherine Gallagher in person, which was so exciting. Um, Her and I followed each other on TikTok and we ended up meeting for drinks and she's fantastic, like just as wonderful in person as she is on stage and screen. Absolutely loved seeing her. Uh, And I'm kind of just preparing now this week. I went home and got my IUD. I guess we can get on the IUD soapbox for a second. So if you guys don't know this, I had an IUD. And then I ripped it out on accident. It dislodged and then I pulled it out and now I have another one. So I got the copper IUD. The reason being I can't have the hormones. They just really mess with me and my happiness levels in addition to my thyroid. uh, It's just not good for me to have um, any hormones. So I had to go with the copper IUD. Again, I accidentally pulled it out after a tampon dislodged it. And I think I just pushed the tampon up too far slash the IUD might have already been slightly dislodged. But anyways, I ended up getting a new one and this is my two cents on it so I am of the camp if it doesn't kill you it makes you stronger and I know people are going to be like no like literally no I hate being in pain I also hate being in pain 
but it's kind of thing with like my breast reduction and IUDs and blood work and dental work like I need to get it done if it doesn't kill me I'm chilling I know a lot of people can't get in that mindset and so people are still scared but my thing is like you're gonna you're gonna survive right and the internet is all horror stories and I'm not trying to like say that those aren't accurate or real like they are like people do faint and pass out and throw up and like People do go to the hospital with cramps like it happens. But what I'm saying is those people are all alive to tell the tale like nobody died doing it. Should it be like medicated? Yes. Is it screwed up that it's not? Yes. But I'm just saying it's not. And some doctors do medicate. Mine put some numbing on my cervix, which was like slightly helpful. But anyway, it doesn't kill you. It feels like the best way I can describe the pain is that it's feels like the worst period cramps you ever had. It's not like a pinch. It's not like stubbing your toe or like getting in an accident where you like break your nose. It's like pressure and cramps and like that searing hot crampy pain. That's exactly what you get. That's what it is. And so, you know, that can't kill you. And so I was kind of just ready to be like, all right, let's do it. And, you know, it wasn't comfortable and I was in a lot of pain for like the following like probably three hours, but each hour gets a little better uh ever since and I went alone my grandma drove me because I took some like sedative medication so I couldn't drive myself also I definitely would not have been able to drive home with the cramps I was having after uh but now I'm just bleeding and yeah though like the last time I got an IUD in I had sex the next day and went to a spin class like you'll survive is what I'm trying to say definitely get one ask your gyno talk to him about options but I loved it I'm so glad that I ended up getting one and I'm so glad I have my other one in. So I did that. Then I had to get blood work for my nipple reconstruction surgery I'm having done. I had to get my tooth fixed because I chipped it again and I finally got back and it was the kind of thing where I was like, wow, this was such an adult time period, right? Like these last three days have been so adult crossing things off my to-do list that are like medical related feels like an adult thing to do and I got back and it was a whirl um I got back on Tuesday and it felt like a Monday probably because Monday everybody had off and I went to Target and stocked up on things I need and then I wound up buying a skincare fridge which was probably the best investment of my life I highly recommend it if you don't have one so I did that I cleaned my room and I started getting ready for LA. I'm going to LA on Sunday. I have never been to California. I'm going to do all the California e things. And if there are any California e things that you think I should do, let me know. I think I'm going to see Tinks. Fingers crossed. I was just texting with her about it. Hopefully, I get to see her because I haven't seen her in a while. I think I'm going to see Sydney, who, if you don't know who she is, she went viral for trying to fit into that bridesmaid's dress. I love her. I love her content. I'm so excited to meet her in person. I have me with my managers meetings with all sorts of different people some reporters some big stuff in the works so I'm really looking forward to it I like can't wait and we're in the middle of podcast uh, meetings figuring it out we're in the middle of the book and then in the midst of all of this Drew Barrymore duets me on TikTok guys when I tell you I might retire just kidding I'm not going anywhere I need you guys like you guys are like we need you don't go anywhere I'm like I'm not going anywhere because I need you guys you guys are like my therapy and my therapist canceled my session. This is therapy. Like, welcome to my therapy. Like, there's a glass of Pinot Grigio next to me right now. Candle is lit. Like, my throat hurts from talking so much in the last week. And my therapist canceled. And I, you know what? I get it. Her baby is sick. I'm like, Queen Anne, go off. You're a Hufflepuff. I know you care about me. Love you so much. I rescheduled. We're going to do it Friday. But at this moment, I'm like, boy, do I need Anne right now. I require Anne, especially because a lot of travel is coming up and travel gives me anxiety. I might be traveling to Providence. I love Providence to talk at Brown. I might be traveling to Texas. Fingers crossed. I might be. I'm definitely traveling to Michigan on March 9th to be a judge at the Music Matters uh, talent show and celebrate my brother's birthday. Then I have to travel to Cornell, Michigan for their graduation. And then I'm going to Europe and it's all good stuff. But this is bubbly anxiety. Bubbly anxiety is when we get anxious about things that we're excited about because it's the unknown, because we're just anxious about it happening, because something's coming up. It's not the kind of anxiety that keeps us up at night in a negative way. It's it's good anxiety, but I try to channel it into energy, but it can be really hard to do that. Oh, okay. So that's kind of like all the updates that I have right now. But before we get into the episode, which is going to be so fun and I'm so excited, I needed to talk about euphoria. Like we have to talk about euphoria. Conceptually, if you want to skip, if you want to just skip over this part, go for it. But I'm kind of addicted to breaking this down. I don't love television because I have ADHD and it's really hard for me to focus. But 
I like this show in spurts so I can only watch one episode at a time because the focus issue and also they're incredibly dense for me I this was my problem with season one so to me season one was exposition it was exposition that we needed but there was hardly a plot like each character had their own individual plot that became their character arc but there was exposition so much of it and no story so I was like okay we're seeing flashbacks I'm seeing exposition like I want a story and I almost think that the season could have had like five more episodes and they could have squashed down the exposition and split it up between exposition and the story because the season one felt like there was no plot like I really was like what are the stakes I don't care about these people because there's no plot like I know who they are but like if a stranger came up to me and told me their life story like I wouldn't really care unless there was stakes like where are the stakes where's the story why is this story what needs to be told so I think I was struggling with that and then I started to realize that season one's plot is really the themes it's like a thematic thing it moves in a thematic way whether that's how we view homosexuality and um, transgender individuals in this country or in general whether that's our relationship to toxic masculinity male validation the male gaze femininity beauty standards like sex drugs addiction like there's so much there and they actually just do such a brilliant job of handling it I even thought like I think that I have trouble relating to a lot of it but I can relate to Cassie and Maddie in in many ways and I can relate to Cassie's undying need for male attention I used to be like that and I would never have stabbed someone in the back I never would do to my best friend what she did to Maddie I would never even look at a guy that any of my friends looked at like that's how loyal I am that's how girl gang I am like it's not even that I would even like be like don't look at him he's with your friend I would literally just be like I don't want to that's my friend's guy like I would never what I'm saying is like her need to be validated is something that I sought out I just didn't do it by way of like my friend's boyfriends but I needed to be validated and I wanted to be validated and I struggled with that and I think that that's just a really accurate depiction of what that looks like by the way, I'm only on episode three in season two. Episode four. I finished episode four. So that's where I'm coming from. Um, And then Maddie, like, being in an abusive relationship and not being able to see the pattern of abuse, not being able to see your abuser as someone who is abusing you because you love them, because our brain blocks out the bad in favor of the good, because we want that protection, because we're, we think we deserve to be abused. Like, anytime I've been in an emotionally abusive relationship, like, I felt those things. And, like, that's so real it is so well depicted like it is such a beautiful display of what those things mean and what those themes mean and I really relate to that and I think season two is obviously like thematically genius but it also has this brilliant plot that keeps you wanting more I just think season two blows season one out of the water and I feel like that's sort of rare like the beginnings of every show is always like my favorite part but like with this I'm just obsessed with season two and I think I was telling this to TikTok, but I think that the most brilliant part is Rue being the narrator because we do not know if what she's saying is drug-induced and crazy and what she's perceiving is actually seriously taking place of its reality or if it's a fragmented version of her reality. And I think seeing the world of euphoria through her reality is interesting because it's the only way we know it it's the only way we see it so for all we know the world of euphoria is how rue sees it. It, it it is an objective it's not you know factual we don't know what's real and what's imagined we don't know what we can rely on her for she's even said she's not a reliable narrator and even when she grows as frustrating as she grows throughout the show we have no choice but to trust her you know she's a frustrating character we want to be like god why or when she does something rude or damaging or isolating or sort of you know when she combusts obviously we have to understand that she's an addict and she's going through something so we empathize with her in that way but additionally we have no choice but to be like we have to overlook these things we have to like you we have to root you on because we need you without you this doesn't exist you're the voice moving these characters along you're the key to the world of euphoria and I think that that is such a brilliant thing that Sam Levinson did. And I'm just really enjoying the second season. I think it's so good. I've loved each and every impulse and choice. I love the music. I, I absolutely love the music. I am just obsessed with the actors. I've been like doing research into them. And like I'm trying to wait till I catch up before I watch interviews with them. Because I've seen a million and five spoilers on TikTok. And I just don't want to see any more. Like I want to get into a place where I don't see any spoilers and can just watch it but that's obviously like impossible to do so I've been trying to just like ignore the spoilers and just push through okay but enough of my euphoria soapbox we are going to get into today's episode 
which is breaking down the language that I use, the kind of random words I've made up, the theories I've created and all of that to give you a refresher or remind you of things if you did not remember or know. So we're just going to dive into all of those things and I want to explain them to you and like I want you to use them colloquially. And if you aren't like if you're new or if you haven't been here for a very long time, you might be like, I don't know what any of this means. We're going to explain it. We're going to get down to the origins. We're going to get down to the root. Maybe we'll add to it. Who knows? This is a secret between us. You guys are my backstage pass crew. You're my everything. Okay, so the first word that I like created that I use a lot on the internet is emaki, spelled E-M-A-C-K-Y. This is an abbreviation for immaculate. And I actually don't know if you guys do this, but I actually tend to abbreviate a lot of words, as does my boyfriend. And it's funny because that's not a habit we picked up from one another. We did that before we knew each other. I'll usually say emaki, immaculate, like when I abbreviate it, I also usually say the long word, like it just flows out. Obviously, this means what immaculate means, like amazing. I just love saying emaki. It's kind of like fun. It, it rolls off the tongue. It looks good in written word. So that's the first one. The second word I made up is chatina, which is spelled chat, C-H-A-T-T-I-N-A. And this means like busy, crazy, erratic, booked energy. Like she is booking it. She is going like she's such a chatina, like chatina vibes, like what a chat, like I think that that's so fun. I always like call dogs chatinas. I'm like, what a little chat. Like when a dog is like being rambunctious and like parkouring, you know, and like French bulldogs like kind of look like robots and they like parkour off the couch and they're like running around and like have the zoomies like that's chatina vibes like but people can have that energy too. like when I'm drunk, I'm like, oh, I'm being such a chat. You know what I mean? Like I'm being such a crazy little chat. Do you guys get that? I don't know. Okay. SB stands for Scorpio boy that's the original name that we called my boyfriend on TikTok um the reason it happened was that obviously you guys know I'm into astrology but I was filming on like one of the early dates that we went on in his kitchen making espresso martinis and he bought me a jar of shot glass and I wanted to like share it with TikTok so I was like um okay guys so um a Scorpio boy bought me this jar of shot glass and so he became Scorpio boy but now we abbreviate it to SB. Sneaky link is just the term for boyfriend girlfriend and partner. My mom always says you're single till you're married. I don't know if that's generally speaking a good rule of thumb or thought. I don't condone cheating. I also don't condone women's wrongs like women can be wrong. No I do condone women's wrongs and their rights so I condone my mom cheating but I don't condone anyone else doing it (laughs) my mom was just like screwing around and cheating on her boyfriend in college you know what it happens basically long story make it short she was dating a 30 year old man who owned a bar and she had a very sweet long distance boyfriend who one night drove up from Virginia to Pennsylvania where she went to her all-girls Catholic school and the 30 year old bar owner was in her bed and she had to kick him out because her boyfriend showed up and he never found out I mean maybe I'm telling the world now anyway though I think that that's iconic but what she means by that is just like when you're dating around when you have a boyfriend or even a fiance there's nothing in writing yet right like until there's like you're sharing taxes and there's a legally binding document like you don't have to get divorced when you break up with someone so I think that that's what she means by you're single till you're married and I just thought that that was funny and then I went on this like rant of like men don't deserve the term boyfriend like why can't you just call them a sneaky link all the time I also just love the idea of sneaky link and it infuriated half of TikTok that this was clearly my boyfriend and I was calling him a sneaky link that being said I did realize that I kind of took it too far not in a way of like I don't know like I guess I just took it too far like I thought that it was funny that it was a joke but I never asked him how he felt about it and he didn't feel badly about it I just like didn't bring his autonomy into it and I don't think that that's fair so Definitely like bring your significant other's voice into conversations about calling them nicknames. (laughs) Again, it wasn't a problem and he wasn't upset by it. But like I just did that against his will. And it was like a big thing because that's obviously like a huge viral content that he was a part of, even though he didn't have any say in it. So that. okay, Libra is my mom. She's just like a quintessential Libra, fashionable, honest, brutally honest, always trying to keep the peace, always sending the invites, keeping it organized, beautiful, social butterfly, a romantic, a relationship type. She is the Libra, period. That's what we call her. Okay, a lot of times I'll post a story and I'll be like, this makes the retirement list. That's a list of things that have happened in my life that I'm like, it cannot get better. Like when you go and your Chipotle bowl is like 
so fatty like it's just so stocked up and you're like this is the retirement list like I will retire like I'm gonna retire or like when Drew Barrymore duetted me I was like I'm retiring it can't get better like there's nothing that goes above this so planless Saturday is something that I created because I am a control freak my anxiety manifests in control I always want to be in control of everything at all times and I've found how toxic that can be for myself so planless Saturday is when I force myself not to make any plans and not to be in control of the day so basically all you're supposed to do is you plan who you're going to spend the day with just who like who's going to be a part of your day and You're not going to decide what you're going to do. You're going to decide when you're going to meet up and then you let the day take you. So whether that's like let's stay in and bake cookies and watch all the Twilight movies. Let's go to Brooklyn and like try this brewery. Let's go mini golfing. Let's go bowling. Let's go see a movie. Let's go rush a theater show like whatever it is. It's just a day where you let the world take you. And like the only caveat is if you have like a birthday party or like actual plans but you can still do planless Saturday like in the morning like it doesn't have to be the whole day and like I have found that I have had the most fun days doing planless Saturday like I've wound up at the zoo in Bronx and like gone to dinner up there and then I Rachel and I went to like Nordstrom and had drinks in the Nordstrom and like shopped and like got random Mexican food like you stumble in the best restaurants the best scenarios you meet the best friends it's just fun and it allows you gives you the allowance to let go and just live your truth for a day and not worry about plans or being in control of everything or forcing things to happen you just let life happen to you instead of happening to life and I feel like that's something that we don't allow ourselves to do we don't give the space to ourselves to do that and it's so important to remember to just relax and it's kind of like active relaxation because you're still doing things but you're relaxed in it because it's not going to give you any anxiety because you're not planning you don't need reservations and tickets and all these things you just show up in a similar vein we have buy your coffee friday this is just like something to look forward to at the end of the week and like yeah you can buy your coffee other days too i'm not i'm like not gonna lie like there are definitely other days that i buy my coffee sometimes but every friday i buy it for myself and i buy it for like one or two other people whether that's people in line or like I buy the barista one or I buy like my roommate one or friend or whatever my brother's it's just a fun thing to look forward to at the end of the week and like a fun way to treat yourself and even if you do buy your coffee every day like on Friday allow yourself to get that whipped cream get that frappuccino get the thing that you don't get because you think it's too many calories or too much sugar like throw that all out it's a day to celebrate and I think like the crux of all the rules and all these things is that like every day is worth celebrating and even if you have the worst week of your life you get to look forward to something simple like buying your coffee or chipotle sunday which is just when we buy our chipotle on sundays but how it started is an entirely different thing basically in college obviously i lived with like six girls in a house my senior year and you guys know weekends like you might start pre-gaming together but obviously everyone separates and a lot of people go end up with guys or doing something or this that, and the other thing And we never could like find each other after nights out. And like the next day people would have shit. So our rule was every Sunday at 1045, no matter where you were, you were getting picked up, you were getting in the car. It doesn't matter if you're in the outfit from the night before, if you're still drunk, if you're with a guy, whatever. I don't know what your prerogative is. You're getting in the car. We're going to the Chipotle. It opened at 1050, the one on Washtenaw, all the way up past Sigma Kappa, past the sorority houses, across the street from the Whole Foods. And we would get our Chipotle, we would bring it home and nobody was allowed to talk about the night before or like the weekend until we sat down and then we would have like a two hour gossip session where we would talk about the sex that we had, the weird fights we got in with guys or like our friends, how drunk we were, the weird shit that happened, the people that we saw hooking up, the thing that happened in the bathroom, like you name it, it happened. One of our couches we called the throne of shame and whoever did like the most shameful activity that weekend had to sit on the throne and eat their Chipotle. But it was like a grab bag. Like, we get Chipotle, we get McDonald's also like in addition to Chipotle. Like, Chipotle always happened. Sometimes we go to Qdoba and just get chips. Like it was such a weird and funny and like fun memory and I remember when I moved to New York I was like I miss Chipotle Sunday and my boyfriend was like well what if we did Chipotle Sunday and sort of just got Chipotle on Sundays so it became Chipotle Sunday it's such a fun tradition it's my version of church and the other thing is like that's another thing if you have the worst week ever like at the very least like bare minimum the one thing you can look forward to is that you're having your Chipotle on a Sunday you're going to get to enjoy that it's going to happen and so that was like why I created that and why it exists Next up is the F me sweater. So the reason I like conceptualized the F me sweater is that my best friend and roommate Rachel was going on a first date 
and she was leaving and she had a glass of wine like with me and our other friends she was wearing this red sweater and really pretty like soft minimal makeup and her hair was just down and like she did it but it was like really casual and pretty and she looked beautiful but also effortless like she didn't like she wasn't wearing some like crazy reveal skin boobs pushed out outfit with like this full bead of makeup and like hair blown out she just looked like effortlessly natural and beautiful and just pretty like at the base of it she looked pretty and approachable and like she looked cool and hot and like I was thinking about it and I was like damn when I used to go on dates I would make myself look so sexy like so not even like myself I would wear all this like crazy makeup and like do my hair pin straight how I never wear it and I would like wear shirts and bras that made my boobs look great and like there you're allowed to do that right like you're allowed to make yourself look pretty in whatever way you see fit but I just realized that she doesn't really dress for the male gaze like when she goes on a date she just dresses like her and she dresses in a way that makes her feel pretty and I was like that sweater is saying like f me like fuck me like I look good like I look hot and like I look fun and I look like a normal person who's also beautiful and like she just like inspired me and so when she left I was thinking about it and then the next day I was at an influencer event and sometimes I feel like I have to be the comedian at those because not that nobody's funny obviously people are funny but like people are talking about like fashion or something and I'm like let's spice things up like let's laugh a bit and like there's alcohol involved so I'll be like let's be funny like let's just whatever so I started doing a rant about a fuck me sweater and I was like if you wear an f me sweater on a date like it's the ultimate lay like the person will be in love with you like it's the weirdest thing but it's like when you're not showing skin and you're not trying too hard and instead you're just being yourself and wearing like your favorite soft sweater that just like looks really good on you and makes you feel good and makes you look like a warm teddy bear that the person just wants to hug and then you go on an excellent first date and you just leave afterward and give them a hug goodbye and say see you soon they're gonna fall in love with you and then everyone started doing it and it started working and then everyone thought it was incredible and so that's how the f me sweater started and I completely stand by it thank you Rachel for the inspiration and she is the blueprint for like everything fashion ever ever if you've ever seen me on her if you've ever seen her on my story she's the blueprint my roommates inspire like a good 90% of my content (laughs) just kidding kind of Okay, the shower is a shower that you would take like before your wedding or before your prom night. Like it's like the shower that you do everything. It's not just like you get in the shower, shampoo, condition, body wash, like maybe shave your armpits. This is the shower that you're doing like scrub and like shaving everywhere and like you're doing a hair mask and like you're moisturizing after it's like you have to actually take an hour to have the shower it's like the shower that you would have before your wedding the shower you do before someone sees you naked like this is the shower and I was thinking to myself I'm like I love that like when you get so clean and you just feel like buffed like you feel like you went through a car wash and they fucking like just soaped you the fuck up and like scrubbed your ass like you feel good you feel fresh you feel silky smooth if that's how you like to feel or you feel just clean and good and like calm and so I was like what if I just like did that always not like every day like obviously I can't do it every day but like what if I just did that instead of like only doing it for special occasions like what if I made my shower time a special occasion and I have this quote like happiness shouldn't be a special occasion happiness is allowed to be a daily thing and like I really feel that to be true and like I had to work to get there like happiness is not a special occasion and like should I be happy every day no but every day is not a special occasion so like I just realized happiness is not a special occasion and showering like and making myself feel that good doesn't need to be a special occasion either if I really like it so I decided to just do that and I told you guys about it on TikTok and I think the main things about the shower is having like some sea salt sugar scrub some body wash a loofah great shampoo conditioner maybe like a hair mask you have like a face mask you have like a matching lotion from target and like you have your comfy matching pj set and like you just set yourself up for success like it feels so good to take a the shower okay spicy sexy is my drink of choice it's essentially a spicy skinny margarita but I always felt kind of strange about the whole skinny girl margarita skinny margarita thing because it feels so diet culture-y to me and in reality I like a regular margarita they just make me too hungover and frankly sugar makes me even more drunk and so I like them when they're skinny quote-unquote but I just don't like the phrase so I turned it into spicy sexy basically it's blanco tequila muddled with jalapeno and lime and you're gonna add a splash of soda water and then if you like a little sweetener either like lightly sweetened like fresh margarita mix a little bit of that some fresh fruit a little agave some fresh lime juice and then extra extra salty rim 
it is so good i have them always spicy sexy that's my favorite drink sober pescatarian means uh not eating meat unless you're drunk and literally before the vegans and the vegetarians come for me it's better than nothing i like meat i don't do well with restrictive diets and listen I know that veganism and vegetarianism is for the environment. I know that's why people do it. But when I restrict something out of my diet, all I can think about is binging on it. It happens with everything. When I restrict everything, like anything that I restrict, I all I can think of is binging. It happens with things like dry January too with alcohol. And so for me, like I want to be better for the environment and I don't really like chicken. Like and I don't love steak. Like I don't know the last time I would never cook myself meat. Sometimes I have it at a restaurant. So I just became this sober pescatarian where like I eat fish when I'm sober all the time. I love fish. But when I'm drunk is the only time I would reach for like a burger. Like I don't remember the last time I ordered that. And it's not to say I don't like it. It's just like my way of doing things. Also, meat grosses me out when I think too far into it it makes me sad and upset and grossed out but when I'm drunk my inhibitions go away and if you have a problem with that like I hope that you're a vegan like that's literally like doesn't eat honey and like you just sit in grass all day because like I'm trying my best out here and people get so mad at me and I'm like don't yuck my yum like I am telling you like if you're a vegan I'm so proud of you that's amazing like I'm so glad that's your lifestyle if you're a vegetarian I'm so glad that's your lifestyle if you're a pescatarian I'm so glad that's your lifestyle if you eat a burger every day I'm so glad it's your lifestyle frankly I don't care about your lifestyle like I as long as you guys are happy and you're honoring your lives like I'm good and so for me the sober pescatarian thing is like I don't really eat meat unless I drink and if I'm drinking like my inhibitions go away and I'll eat chili cheese fries but when I'm sober, I don't eat meat. I just doesn't appeal to me. And a lot of people would comment and say that fish is meat. But what I mean by meat is like steak, pork, chicken, beef, like all that. Anyway, so that's that. Lick and sip is licking the salt off the rim of your margarita and then sipping your drink. And you go all the way around the rim. Not at once, but just like each sip is a different lick. Pit check is like fit check, but it's just a pick of your armpit and your head. It's like a selfie. I do it in the summer a lot, like pit check, like smelling the pits because I'm a sweaty person. I usually use men's deodorant, but I've actually been using the native deodorant lately that was recommended by Girls Gotta Eat because they sponsor them. They have a mint cookie cupcake, kind of like cookie pit baked by Melissa deodorant. It's fire. Go get it. It's like $14. I was like, take my money. They can take my money forever. It's so good. It's fire. Okay. <laughs> 7 to 11 rule is how I make sure I get enough sleep and how I get everything done. So I go to bed at 11 and I wake up at 7. Now, this is flexible. Sometimes I go to bed at midnight and I wake up at 8. Sometimes I go to bed at 11 and I have to wake up at 6. Sometimes I go to bed at 11.30 and I wake up at 7. Like, it's flexible, but roughly my schedule is 7 to 11 rule. That's the time of the day that I'm awake. That's how I get everything done. People always ask me, how are you so productive? It is the 7-11 rule. Sleep and water are actually the number one keys for everything from productivity to resting to getting a good night's sleep. You have to be drinking enough water like in order to feel good. You have to be sleeping and drinking water, even like things like healthy weight loss, like it's sleep and water. So those two things, you know, you know that joke that's like my mom says that anything can be fixed. I'm just like dehydrated, blah, blah, blah. I actually feel that like I actually think when I'm dehydrated, like I don't function normally. Now I'm going to take a sip of water. Give me one sec. And we're back. Okay. Ravi is an abbreviation for ravenous. It is beyond ravenous, super hungry, almost hangry. I'm ravi as hell right now. Ravi is such a cool word. You're welcome. Bubbly anxious. We just talked about that. When we're anxious because we're excited for something and not because we're upset about something. Passive alone time and active alone time. Passive alone time is alone time that we did not choose to have. Like if we had the choice, we wouldn't be by ourselves. We would be doing something else. But you just find yourself alone for an extended period of time. And it can be really uncomfortable for people that don't like to be alone. Active alone time is alone time we choose to have. When you choose to spend a night in, when you choose to dedicate your evening to reading and relaxing, when you choose to watch Euphoria and hang out by yourself, when you choose to go out to dinner on your own, when you choose to take yourself to the bookstore, that's active alone time. Both of them are necessary, but it can be hard for people with anxiety to understand passive alone time. For me, passive alone time I just have to check in with myself and be like hey do you want to go on a walk right now like in my brain like would it help you to like get outside and I think choosing active alone time is really important because it helps us to when we find ourselves passively alone to be like okay like I know this like I like to be alone I I do active alone time like I can do this um and so 
then the alone time that we don't choose ends up becoming alone time that we do choose. Because here's the thing, conscious thoughts become subconscious actions. So if I'm consciously thinking about how much I hate being alone, subconsciously I'm going to start resenting that. But if I can consciously think like when I am practicing active alone time, oh, I really like this. Oh, this is really nice. I can incorporate this into the next time I'm passively alone. Then subconsciously, eventually everything will fall into line and you'll start embracing being alone a lot more. Okay, the immature, mature flirting breakdown. Immature flirting is flirting that we do to get someone to hook up with us or have a one night stand or something casual. Mature flirting is flirting to get someone to date us. So immature flirting, what does it look like? It's a lot of like touching hands, touching shoulders, playing beer pong. There's alcohol involved. It's very loud. A lot of looks like kind of F me eyes, like being very avertently flirty like complimenting things like trying to make passes at them making little digs making fun of them you're not getting into anything deep you're not flirting with them by learning more about their life you know and this usually takes place on a night out or something mature flirting is like when you're on a date with someone and you're like remembering things from the date before like you remember some story they told you or like their favorite thing or like a thing about their family it's a lot of like maybe touching their hand intimately or holding their hand or like making like an inside joke with someone or laughing with them really hard about something or having an intimate moment like mature flirting is more like forward thinking flirting and immature flirting is like in the moment I want to fuck you now let's get home it's a really good way to figure out how somebody feels about you okay fruit bowl It's just a big fat bowl of fruit with honey, cinnamon, hemp seeds, and chocolate chips. It was the thing that conquered my fear of eating fruit, which I'm so grateful for. I was scared of eating fruit because of the sugar. And nutritionists told me I shouldn't be eating fruit because of the sugar. That's a little bullshit. I know so many people that have been scared of fruit. Like, why is fruit a scary thing? I don't know. People are scared of fruit. Fruit bowls help me to overcome that. UFE is utterly fuckable energy or utterly effable energy. Basically, this is just... It's a certain kind of energy that people radiate. Like certain people have UFE, others don't. The whole cast of SNL has UFE. Like it has nothing to do with how you look. It's just this like radiant hot energy. Flight attendants have utterly fuckable energy. Like you just see them and you're like, oh, you definitely have UFE. Like you're pretty hot. Like you have UFE. Like Miley Cyrus has UFE. Like she's hot in person, like obviously physically, but she's also just like she radiates a hot energy. Like I don't know who else like Monica Lewinsky such UFA like such UFA like her energy just like utterly fuckable you're like dang you're hot hot like post officers like hot mailman like the hot mailman the young hot mailman UFA total UFA men with a dog man with a dog that's not trying to gaslight you UFA okay BVO celebrity means bestie vibes only celebrity and that's a celebrity that like It's not even like you're in a parasocial relationship with them. You just don't think about them as a celebrity. Like you cognizantly are aware that they are one. But when you think about them, you think about them like your best friend. You're like, oh, that's my best friend. This is how I think about Drew Barrymore, which is toxic, but it also worked. BVO. My other BVO celeb is Kate McKinnon. My other BVO celeb is Reese Witherspoon. I do not think about them as celebrities. I think about them as my best friend. I know we would share nachos or a picture of Mark's and we would just gab. It would be so great. I know that they would be my friends. Like, I just know, right? That's a BVO celeb. Okay, there's two ways to categorize mistakes. Bounce back mistake and deep mistake. A bounce back mistake is a mistake that you make that can be very easily remedied in the same like two hours. It is obviously still a mistake, but it's one that you learn from and ultimately nobody's mad at you and you didn't hurt anyone doing it. We beat ourselves up for bounce back mistakes, but we forget that bounce back mistakes are actually amazing because they taught us something. A deep mistake is when you make a mistake and you've really kind of fucked up and you have to like apologize to people and you have to make a plan in order to fix it. But still, you're learning something and at the end of the day, mistakes are good because they teach us things. So even if you get your head into a deep mistake zone, you're still in a place where it's like, okay, yeah, I made a deep mistake, but I'm going to make my plan now. I think the game plan is the ultimate way to remedy a deep mistake because yeah, you messed up, but your only option is to make a plan and figure it out. You can't really wallow in it. But both kinds of mistakes are good because they teach us things and that's what mistakes do. That's why we like them. Okay, the man manipulators. These are sex tips. The man manipulator 1000 is have an amazing first date and then give him a hug goodbye and leave. Basically, men and women fall in love in very different ways. Men fall in love through 
actions like doing physical things with you but not sex like actually like going mini golfing or like doing an activity and then also in the time that they are not with you when they get a chance to think about you women fall in love through intimacy sex and deep conversations so women think that men are going to fall in love with us through sex and deep conversations but they actually don't so your best option is to have an amazing first date give him a hug goodbye and leave because you're being a little mysterious you're playing a little hard to get he's now thinking about you at home you've given him the chance to that's 1000 the man manipulator 2000 is the f me sweater the man manipulator 3000 is biting their earlobe and putting your thumb in their mouth just the tip of your thumb i'm not kidding the man manipulator 4000 is cooking a man homemade cookies and a really good cocktail from scratch for no reason like bring him over some cookie dough or your your recipe make the cookies and while they're cooking make like a bomb ass tequila espresso martini make it so decadent and then act like it's nothing be like yeah what (laughs) yeah it was just a recipe it's nothing yeah i have more where that came from five thousand spraying your perfume on their clothes when you borrow and then return them period Spray your fucking hair products on their goddamn fucking high school football sweatshirt. I do not give a shit. This works. Am I manipulative? Yes, I have a cancer moon. I have a cancer moon. Let me live. The man manipulator 5,000. That's the 5,000. The 6,000 is bringing the Lola vibrator into the bedroom. Bitch, this is a bullet vibrator. Men need to just own up to it. Vibrators are not your opponent. They are not your enemy. They are your friend. They are your teammate. You're both starting string players if you let your woman bring in the vibrator. Man Manipulator 7000 is taking nude photos by putting your ass on the bathroom sink or countertop. You know, like you're going to sit. You're going to face the wall, not the mirror. Your butt is going to face the mirror. You're going to perk your butt up and over the counter and then move it so that it looks bigger let the counter inflate it by like pushing up the fatty part of your butt so that like you're basically sitting on the bone it kind of hurts and then you're going to take a photo in the mirror a mirror selfie that your head is still in but the real star of the show is your ass on the countertop that's the seven thousand Man Manipulator 8000 is putting perfume on your hip bones. When you leave to go see a man, put your perfume on your neck, behind your ears, on your wrists, and on your hip bones. The best one is J'adore by Dior Rollerball. Available at Sephora. Sell it out. The Man Manipulator 9000 is a sex position. So basically, it's kind of doggy, but this is what you're going to do. So you're going to be in regular doggy. And then as that's happening, slowly lower yourself down to your elbows. So that you're on your elbows, but you're lying flat on your stomach. And you want to be close to the headboard or the edge so you can grab onto the bed for leverage and kind of push yourself back. Then when you're you're basically lying flat on your stomach on your elbows and they're still doing doggy, but they're going to come with you. Like they're going to realize that you're lowering and they're going to lower too. It's like this weird angle. Then you're going to arch your back as much as you possibly can and use your arms to push yourself into the person while lifting your butt up. Then you're going to turn your face and give him a little look and then you're going to pull your own hair. The key is not to tell him that you're doing it. It's kind of like this angle of surprise, element of surprise, angle, sexy look back, all of it. It's like a manipulation tactic because it's like a finale move. Like the angle of it, it's going to be crazy. He'll follow your lead. Perch your butt up as much as possible. As much as you possibly can. Okay? Period. Doctor's office big three is like the prescription medication you're on, the birth control you have, and the surgeries that you've had. So for me, it's like Synthroid for hypothyroidism, 125 milligrams, a breast reduction surgery in 2017 with a revision in 2019 and an upcoming revision in 2022, and a copper IUD. That's my doctor's office big three. What's yours? And then saying time out is just when you're socializing and you're kind of done, you're just, your social battery's up, you say time out. I'm going to take a timeout. I'll have a timeout. Kind of like in sports. It's, it's, you know, it's an homage to the NBA, sort of, in a very, you know, ironic way. Scoss. Spin class orgasm song. That's the song that comes on in spin class that makes you want to sprint up a hill for 20 minutes, but also makes you want to have sex. Like, you're getting ready to call your ex and be like, meet me in the soul cycle bathroom. Something just happened in there. I transcended. I don't know why, but it elevated me to a whole other place. Right? That's Scoss. And then finally, the hot girls, the hot girl archetypes, the hot girl prototypes, call it what you want, dear. I don't care. 
Here's the thing. There's five of them. Ironic, elusive, party, weird, and doesn't know it. If you go on my Instagram highlight, it describes all of them. An ironic hot girl is somebody who is ironically hot. None of this is about your physical appearance. It's all about your personality. So an ironic hot girl is going to be like mentally ill, but funny about it. They're doing it for the bit. They're doing it for content. They have a big ass. They drink non-dairy milks. They have stomach problems. They're unabashed, but also awkward. And then they make everything content like they walk into a bar and they're so confident and funny that everyone's like who is that that's the ironic hot girl she's Mia from Princess Diaries she's like I'm trying to think of a really good example like she's like Blair from Gossip Girl she like doesn't care she's just unabashed and like she's flawed but we like her flaws elusive hot girl is like the one this is probably the only one that has a little bit to do with looks because like it's a Serena Vanderwoodson type and they tend to become like a Regina George you know what I mean like that's what they pretend to come they tend to become like the really mean like blonde one who ends up having like a character arc thing but not always like the elusive hot girl is just like untouchable you see her and you're like you dazzle me like she can be many different things like yes she's a Regina and yes she's also like a Rachel from Friends but she's also like um a Dion from Clueless like she's cool and untouchable in this like sort of like invigorating way where you're like I need to know who you are like she's the kind of girl who drinks a whole milk cappuccino like she doesn't even get on the oat milk train train because she's like I'm I'm European in like a cool way like I fly private in like a cool way but also like I'm just like she's just effervescent she can be anyone elusive like you just can't grasp them fully it doesn't need to be the Regina George type it's just somebody that's like untouchable party hot girl is our life of the party our flirt our fun girl she's just everything like she's giving the colors she's giving the trends she's at the soul cycle at 9 a.m she's gonna black out that night she's fun she's living in the moment then weird hot girl that's our mom friend she's like our plant mom but also our mom friend she's phoebe from friends think phoebe from friends like she's manifesting she's listening to her music she doesn't care what you think she recycles she's a good person she's generally like also a freak like she's definitely the mom friend but she can be a freak and then the doesn't know it hot girl is wearing adidas in the club like she is like she played soccer in high school she was popular but didn't care about being popular like she just doesn't know that she's hot like she doesn't know how cool she is she's a humble queen every guy or person or girl is in love with her and she doesn't even care or know she doesn't have time it's like a sagittarius almost so those are the hot girls okay that was a run-on sentence. The rest of the hot girl stuff and the quiz is in my link treats, in all my bios. It's on a highlight on Instagram if you want to look at it. I hope you guys tell me what hot girl you are after you take the quiz. I'm exhausted. That was a crazy fun time, but I'm ready now to like go to bed and upload this and eat dinner. I hope you guys have an amazing week. I have some stuff coming up. I'm going tomorrow to an event for Onda, the tequila seltzers. I'm also getting drinks with the ladies of under the influence the instagram account on friday i am going to see tina the tina turner musical the producers very nicely invited me so that'll be really fun i think i'm also getting dinner with an old friend which is great saturday is my cycle bar takeover in williamsburg and then sunday saturday night i'm going out with one of my best friends from new york who i haven't seen in a while and then sunday i'm going to la so i have a lot to get done and I have like 10 ads to upload before then. And it's almost 7. So I'm going to go eat dinner. I love you guys. I'm sending you the biggest hug. Please drink enough water. Take a nap if you need a fucking nap. Let yourself rest. Take up space. Say things in the meetings that you think need to be said. Your voice is important. It needs to be heard. I love you so much. Have a good orgasm. You deserve it. Bye besties. I'll see you next week.